Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Click, pay, and download instantly. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Riot Podcast. Happy Monday to everyone, or just to you, the listener. There's, <laughs> well, that's nice. Your, when you're listening to the podcast, you're like, Hudson must be talking just to me. Single you out. It was so nice. As far as you're concerned, you're the only person listening, and that's it doesn't right. matter about anybody else. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hopefully, everybody had a great weekend, and here's what you can experience on our Monday podcast. We talked about how today is National Taco Day, uh-huh. which is always an exciting day. Are you guys fans of tacos? I personally... Personally, do like tacos, oh, but so. my tacos are a very plain taco. No, yeah. oh, no, well, that's a given. Uh, there's a, there's no chance you eat guacamole, is there? No, listen, I do like guacamole, what? but but not on, on the taco. Yeah, I'll well, do like fair. chips. I can do. That's the only thing I can do guacamole with. So what's though. on your tacos then? My taco is like beef and cheese. Hey. Maybe sour a little cream. bit. Maybe a little. Yeah. Just a dabble of sour cream. Tiny not bit. a lot. If you put a lot of sour cream on things. That's a whole other thing. It's problem. just really watch yourself today, though, guys, because tacos are not expensive. So, like, don't do anything drastic to try to get a free taco <laughs> today. Like, that is not the best use of your time. So, I have a hard time with taco day. Yeah. Well, you don't want to get trapped in the Taco Bell drive thru either. No, they won't let you I out. I mean, that's one thing to have that happen at 2 a.m. where you're almost expecting it. But, uh, like, if it's in the middle of the day and you could still get trapped in that well, drive it's also hard on all these days for, like, food. Mm-hmm. You're basically selling your soul for the app. That's like, true. Like, yeah. whatever is the thing that they're giving you for free. Mm-hmm. And if it's one free taco, that is not enough. No. Yeah. No, the whole not. mobile order thing, like, half the deals you have to mobile order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, I only look at the deals when I'm in line. So, sure. like, it's too, too late. late then. It's yeah. way too yeah. late. Uh-huh. I'm already in the drive through I can't mobile order now. Uh, but that's what it seems like every single time I go. Because once I get in line at McDonald's or Wendy's, I open up like the deals app, and yeah. everything's like mobile order. You get free this, mobile order. You get free that. Uh, yeah, and it's just the too McDonald's late. one comes in handy because they'll just give you for a lot of them. They'll just give you a little thing, a QR can, code. Yeah, they yeah. You either scan or you tell them the numbers, and they'll give you the deal. Yeah, like during their one last deal where we got it, but then they forgot to put it in the yeah, bag. Yeah, they yes. screwed it up. So. Happy National Day to you. (laughs) We talked about that. We also talked about some football from this past weekend and how there was a big game last night. Did Cincinnati win? We didn't talk about that. They did win. They won. You said they they didn't win, win, then they should just stop playing. That's right. It was a big uh, upset victory, and Cincinnati still ranked ahead of Ohio State. In fact, they're on track to, I mean, there's still a lot of football to be played, but they could make the playoffs they based could. off of how things are looking right now, which would be huge. Okay, I thought that all weekend. I was like, I wonder, but Cincinnati, I wonder. They did. I wonder, <laughs> the coach of Cincinnati used to be, he was the coach of Ohio State for one year. Oh, yeah? Luke uh, Yep, when I think it was Jim Tressel just like yeah. abruptly was kicked out. And uh, then Ohio State was like, no, you're not good enough, and hired, was it Urban Meyer? It was Urban time? Meyer that filled so in for you. So maybe... Now that uh, Luke Fickle might get Cincinnati into the playoff and Ohio State might miss, maybe Ohio State will finally, all these years later, regret their decision. But his name (laughs) is Luke Fickle. I mean, Fickle, it is hard to put your trust in a Fickle man. (laughs) He's been trying to overcome (laughs) that his his entire life. (laughs) Uh, We talked about that. We also talked about a man 
who had a search party uh, that he joined only to realize that they were looking for him. Let's not put a negative spin on Let's just say a man joined a successful search party. Yeah. That's true, yeah. And, I mean, he was trying missing, to do the right thing. Yeah. A missing person was also found. He was. Yes, yes. This is perfect. We don't Double get these whammy. good things a lot of times, and this was a good one. Yeah. yeah. We had some good news in the podcast today, I think. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're, we're a little negative. I think today we really put a positive spin on things. I don't know. Sometimes that's in there was a few points this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Just a few points where some listeners might have mentioned that uh, Hudson But my accent in- wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't that, good enough. That's the problem. That just seemed a little harsh, apparently. Not just harsh, but I just I told one person back. I was like, "Listen, it's just a Monday. This is just what it you is. did. You can't come in on a Monday. If you come in on Monday, you can't expect positivity. I mean, we're all just trying to power through Monday. That's right. Yeah. It, it, so it's not like we're being negative. I think we're just a bit aggressive. Yes, in our that's opinions. true. It's we're, just an aggressive and Monday. We know we've got to get all of all of our feelings out before the fundraiser That's starts. right. Our Radio U Fall fundraiser starts on Thursday, mm-hmm. so we'll get you some more information as we get closer to it, but um, just you know, help out if you can as a podcast listener. It is not free for us to get our podcast out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it costs in so many ways. Emotional, <laughs> physically, yeah. mentally. Uh, but if you want to think about helping to support, check out RadioU.com slash donate, and that'll be on Thursday. And the good news is, I'll let everyone know now, the podcast is not going to disappear no, during we'll still the keep fundraiser. That up. Yeah, we're going to We're going to still be here for you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, uh, guys, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Everything you love about the Riot, plus a handy-dandy fast-forward option. This is the Worst of the Riot podcast. Hey, did you uh, get your uh, Halloween decorations up over the weekend? I was going to go to the pumpkin patch yesterday, uh-huh. but the weather in my area was not uh, the best. That's right. So it was not. I did not, and my house still looks the same. You know, you can just get one at the grocery store. I know. I'm just going to do they that. They let them pick you out. They let <laughs> it, no, they let you pick them out. I just go and sometimes I can pay a little bit more. Actually, no, if you go to the pumpkin patch stuff, that stuff's expensive. Oh, yeah. They it's got ridiculous. you there. But if I just go to the grocery store, it's, you know, they need homes too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Those, Those pumpkins, pumpkins need a place to go. Yeah, they're just sitting there lonely <laughs> in the middle of the, on the big pallet in the big box. So uh, I actually have info here about which states like to decorate for Halloween the most. Oh, Would really? you like to guess what the number one is? Um. I'm going to say somewhere on the right side. <laughs> well, East Coast. Let's there's say nothing Coast. wrong about de- <laughs> not decorating for Halloween. No, uh, actually, number one is Utah. Really? Yeah. W- would you expect that? All right. Uh, to, to be fair, there is about 10 states that don't have enough data to uh, for us to know. So but that maybe that means that be. they don't decorate very much at all. Utah, though, did come in at number one. Illinois at number two. And if you're curious for our radio, you, uh, where our stations are, uh, California came in at number six, Ohio number 13, Michigan number 11, and Oklahoma way down at number 32. Number 32. Yeah. So, uh, th- and oh, d- uh, did you know that the most popular Halloween decoration in the United States? Skeleton. It, that has to be, uh, it's gotten a boost because of the 12 foot skeletons, don't you think? Oh, the ones from Home Depot I and mean, stuff? They're, yeah, they're hard to get, but I think that has really increased the skeleton I've popularity. I've seen one of the big uh, skeletons, I think once, and that uh-huh. was last year, but I haven't seen any this year yet. Yeah, not yet. Well, it's still, uh, still early. early, and in fact, I have data on that as well. 
Now, 41% of people say they decorate between October 1st and 7th. Mm, so so that's, right around the time. Yeah, so it's about time. Uh, only uh, only 20% of people say they, they decorate before October 1st. So, you know, I guess it'd be pretty early. Those 20%, uh, you don't see a lot of this. But it says 82% of people overall are decorating for Halloween. Well, don't pressure me. <laughs> Christmas is enough. And yeah. if you look, the most popular Halloween decorations, number two is pumpkin. Uh-huh. And so that's, that's you? That's all I do. And the nice thing about pumpkin is you put that out for Halloween, you can leave it out all the way till Thanksgiving. That's it's exactly still, what still I do. still appropriate, even though... Uh, if you turn it into a jack-o'-lantern, that's a little that'd be a little weird. No, I tend not to. Yeah. Even though I think you can spray it with stuff to make it like last a little bit longer. Uh-huh. Uh, but if not, you just rotate it. So as it dies, <laughs> yeah, your pumpkin, you right. just just move it around yeah. so you can leave the good part looking out. Well, you can also argue that for Halloween, uh, a pumpkin that begins that you've turned into a jack-o'-lantern and then begins to decay is the even rot, spookier. Yeah. This is yeah. <laughs> Uh, spider was number three on the most popular decorations, which, and then bat is the top five coming in way down at 17 headless horseman. I want to see more of that well, for Halloween. So this, let, it's all starting to seem like work and like, I'm going to have to spend more money. I, I can only decorate for one. Spend more money. You mean $145. That's the, the average that yep. Americans spend every, <laughs> I can, can only afford the pumpkins and that's it. I don't believe, I don't believe 82% of people are decorating for Halloween. 82% of people don't decorate for Christmas. This is the riot radio. You got Isaiah. We brought him into the studio, even though I'm not sure that it's a great <laughs> idea. Because Wait to hear what he sounds like. Yeah. I don't even sound bad. No. I mean, I sound bad. Every, like when I first get in every morning, mm. I sound stuffed up pretty much no matter what because we wake up so early. Yeah. This morning I did feel like I sounded a little bit worse, but not enough for you guys to tell yeah, no. that I was sick. That's Absolutely. What good. I was about to say. You you say you normally sound stuffed up in the morning, so. When I can tell that you're even more stuffed up than usual, that's when yeah. I know something's gone wrong. Actually, in person, you sound more stuffed up. But just with you guys hearing him over the radio, I think the processor will help you. You think? Yeah, I no hope so. Notice it's fine. No, I noticed. I noticed when, when I walked in here. They were like, "Can you come in for the segment?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." What are we talking about? I was like, maybe we're talking about like the the game last night or uh, what's going on. Oh uh, yeah, and we'll do that. All of a sudden, I look, I see is Isaiah sick? I was like, "What is this segment <laughs> happening right now?" I was like, "How do they know that I'm sick?" I I haven't talked to anyone this morning. I've been we, in my room, not talking to anybody. And we I see care this. a lot about you, and we just feel that you don't feel the best. I don't feel great. I won't lie. I feel like I've been fighting off like a allergy, cold thing now for uh-huh. what's been like three weeks. Oh, three um, weeks. So it's been like an ongoing process where now my nose is at like peak stuffness of, of where we've been. But I don't feel, I don't like feel bad. I just uh, real stuffed up in the head. Can you still smell? Oh, I can smell. I can taste. <laughs> so me, I, test, I test that every single day. I'm like, do I? Can I smell? I'm they like, I can you smell. That's not always the uh, the thing. You yeah, can't, you can't go anywhere. The end anymore. all be all anymore. Uh, if he just constantly feels bad, then none of the attri- the symptoms can be attributed to the virus. Right? Exactly. It is hard because sometimes with COVID, you you go through the symptoms. You're like, man, that's just a normal bad allergy. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's really what I've been bad. going through. I'm like, do I just have allergies or what's going on Here, for the past three weeks? Let you me know? just stick this up your nose. Hang Oh goodness! <laughs> yeah. We're just gonna do an old, the old fashioned way. Let me, let me Nikki's like, let me hang try on, to see. I'll test it, on. test you yourself. Oh, no, it's not a test. Just don't notice. No, it. yeah. Well, I, if I was you, I'd be milking this. We have the equipment. You can do your job from home. 
The person before you. What? The person before you did it from hours away. Oh, gosh. See, nobody tells me these things. You know, I could be at home right now, like half asleep, laying in my bed. Every 15 minutes, I just set an alarm. I wake up and do a quick traffic Uh and then go lay back down in bed. I'm experiencing a lot. I can't come in, guys. I'm experiencing a lot of shortness of breath. It just continues to be happening. Every 15 minutes, we need you to say football. Yeah, exactly. uh, Give us a score. Yeah. No, I know you'll, I'm sure you'll feel better soon. Oh yeah, I feel I feel fine. I'm just a little That's bit stuffed up says. in the head. I feel good though. I feel great. I feel great this morning. Now go back to the other room. Yeah, yeah. we we'll call you when we talk about the game last night. Oh, which I saw somewhere. Were you, it's yeah. fine. were you healthy enough to stay up for it? See, last night I, I stayed up for a part of the game, but I didn't stay up as late as I usually do because I am trying to get better. It's hard to recover from being sick when you wake up so early. Yeah, and so I'm trying to get more sleep than I usually do. Last night I went to bed around like 9:45. Oh, or so, okay. which is probably about 45 minutes earlier than usual. So a little bit more oh. sleep, nearly getting to that seven hours where I was looking for. Not six to, hours, nearly the seven. You want us to make you some tea? Oh, that'd be great. You okay. guys have tea I mean, in the other room. Snacks, tea, whatever you want. You know, I, I, I don't like not like being pampered, so we can do whatever. <laughs> Massages, I'm, I'm perfectly open to all of this. All right, you go back to your area, put your feet up, we'll bring you some of the throat tea. Wonderful. The, the stuffy nose tea. I'll bring you the ingredients. I don't know how to make it. <laughs> Why pay for so many streaming services that you don't really care about? When you can not really care about the riot for free. Radio U. Not just some sort of holiday. It is National Taco Day. Oh, that's right. That is today. Which, can we all get together and say huge failure that this is not on a Tuesday? Taco Tuesday? Who are the planners for this? Because they have totally failed. Now, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to have tacos today and then again tomorrow. Maybe the days rotate around to where it hits it every so often. But easy <laughs> fix for that. It comes on the first Tuesday of October every month. <laughs> That's when you just make it. I'm not a genius here. I just know how holidays work. Well, you tacos, put Taco Day on Taco Tuesday. Come they're on. They're not expensive, so there are some deals to be had today. But remember, if you go to a place and there's a long line, it's like a dollar or something. Like, just go yeah. tomorrow. Just go another day. You have to think. Uh, you have to put a a price on your time. Exactly. You're not. You might not be paying with money, but you're paying with your time if you go and uh, and wait for some of these. So keep that in mind. <laughs> for National Taco Day today, 7-Eleven says if you have the 7 Rewards membership, you can get 10 mini tacos for a dollar at participating stores. That seems like a good deal, but then again, it's also 7-Eleven. I so. bet they're very tiny tacos. Yeah, <laughs> and not very good. At, at, like, you think Taco Bell is, uh, <laughs> you know, they're skirting, one. skirting the line of what food actually is. What can 7-Eleven be, Yeah, 7-Eleven's got to be even worse. Well, I don't know. I haven't gone to 7-Eleven in a long time. I like Del Maybe. Taco. You get a free stuffed quesadilla taco with any purchase, but you have to do the offer in the app. Uh, they always want you in the app, mm-hmm. don't they? Uh, what else do we got? We've got, well, Taco Bell is the big one because they are legitimately giving away free tacos to rewards members, 10000 I wonder if that is, it doesn't specify. Usually it's always the Doritos Locos taco that they're giving uh, away. One? I wonder if it's that or something know. else. Uh, what else do we have? Um, anything good? Yeah, They'll, but they'll it's be just offering double, double rewards. Double rewards. What? <laughs> they don't even want to give away food. You know, ta- Taco Bell's out there giving away free tacos, and Qdoba's like, we can we can keep keep pace with that. We can still tempt people to come. I've never been to Taco John's. 
I, I love the name. Bell, Although it reminds fr- me of a Porta John. You get a free uh, chicken taco today using a coupon that's on their mobile app. You basically have to have everybody's mobile app today. <laughs> if, you, if you go to Taco Bell after you eat, then you have to go to the Taco no, John. I knew you were going to say that the second, the second that came out. <laughs> that was it. We saw that one coming. You, you have to give taco places credit. They have some of the best names, mm-hmm. I think, for fast food. What about Tijuana Flats? I don't know what that... I've never heard of it, but... And I guess if you were driving by, you might not know what it is because it sounds like it could be like some cattle rustler or something. <laughs> That's but, what uh, you're getting out of the name? If you do know where Tijuana Flats is... Rewards members get a free taco with a purchase of $2 or more. So it covers Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia, and Indiana. Hey, we're not too far. Mm-mm. We could uh, take a ride out there. And uh, anything else? It says Jack in the Box is always running an exclusive app deal where you can get two tacos for 99 cents. Mm-hmm. So are you getting tacos? You know, none of this really looks like an amazing deal, though. Yeah. If you were there anyways and you can get maybe a free taco with your meal, that's one thing. But I think you got to go local. Find a nice local place, oh, yeah. not a fast food it's one. a good idea. And see what they're going to do. Or how about this? Can I tempt you with this? I saw a lot of commercials over the weekend. Chipotle has a new limited time Beef brisket. Does Ooh, that interest you? That actually does sound pretty good. Does it? Every time I go, there's a problem with something. They'll forget so, to put the beef brisket in, or they won't have it. They'll be out of it. Uh, or I they'll give you E. coli, one I, of the three. I think I'll just celebrate National Taco Day at home. There you go. With some p- pigs in a blanket. Perfect. I'll it, make something else. If you're looking for hot takes on the day's most important news stories, uh, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to The Riot on Radio U. Recently, like in the last couple of weeks, there was a study we talked about where it basically said people who eat vegetables mm-hmm. are uh, less like uh, the way they always frame it is or the, the term they use is uh, lower risk of death. That's it. Which yeah. doesn't make any sense because everybody is 100 percent going to die that they say lower risk yeah they can, but it's lower the risk of dying earlier than for because of different issues and the but what the study was pointing out is not that it's the vegetables that keep you alive uh but when you eat your vegetables it was showing that uh it basically shows that you are able to do something in the moment that may not seem as fun. Oh, but sure. But make decisions that pay off in the long run. So even though you don't want to eat those, they might be better for you. Right. And so you're making those choices. And so that that thought process extends past your vegetables to other things you do in life. And it's something that has stuck with me. Uh, not that I've been eating more vegetables, well, but just the <laughs> the concept of that has stuck with me, especially because uh, thinking about some stuff recently and thinking about like basically... That's kind of what God wants to train you to do. That's what Jesus is all about, is training you to make the little choices. That Because sometimes it's hard to, uh, or when you're having little arguments with yourself, where you're going, it, it's easy to prove, well, the Twinkie's going to make me happier now than the green beans are. It's easy to make that, to argue for the Twinkie in the moment. But what God's going to do is is come into your life and kind of help you uh, argue against that side of yourself that always wants to go with the Twinkie and start for all kinds of decisions in life. Jesus wants to help you make the little choices that all work together to, in the long run, make make things better for you. He he's come, he wants to come into your life and tra- train you in that way. And uh, man, it's not easy. None of us have uh, 
some people, I guess, are better at eating vegetables than others. But <laughs> And again, vegetables, it's a bigger thing. Right, <laughs> right. But uh, there's all kinds of uh, different stuff in our lives that we, even if you're great at eating the vegetable part of things, there's other decisions you still may not be as great with. And God's ready to help you tackle all of it. Jesus is ready to come into your life and just help you uh, live a better life because he loves you. He cares about you. So he wants you to live a happy and longer life. So if you're ready for that, if you're ready for God to come in and help you make those little choices, help you argue against the side of yourself that always just wants to feel good right now, even if it's going to be to your detriment in the future, then then ask for it. Say, hey, God, I'm ready to make some changes. I'm ready to listen to you, and I'm ready for your help, and he will do it for you. The Riot Podcast. Radio. You. Wonderful sports weekend, uh, especially for somebody who's home alone and has nothing else to worry about but watching sports. <laughs> that was Hudson was over the weekend. He had a weekend to himself, and yep. so you got to watch all the games you wanted. Yes, and yesterday uh, I was, the Packers were on, yeah. and the Red Sox were playing their final game of the season. They needed to win to make it in the playoffs. I had the Packers on the TV, muted. I had the Red Sox on the radio, Blasted on the radio. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. my gosh. So I could keep track of both. And were there you, you just a happy camera? I was so ha- well, once the Red Sox took the lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, then I was. Uh so it was a it was a great sports weekend, all kinds of college football and stuff. But the the culmination was last night where Tom Brady returned to New England to face his old team, face the Patriots, uh take on his old coach, Bill Belichick. Now, I don't think we got a chance to talk about it pre-game on the show, but I was adamant that Bill Belichick was going to come out and he was going to stop Tom Brady because he knows Tom Brady. He he would know. He gave him up. He should know his weaknesses, right? And I was basically right because it was a close game. And then, except you lost. I was basically right was outside right, of him losing. I was right um, about <laughs> him stopping him. I just wasn't right about the Patriots winning because what happened was uh, Tom Brady uh, gets the Buccaneers into the lead. They're up by a point, seventeen sixteen, mm-hmm. and. Gives the ball back to the Patriots about, I think it was two minutes left. Yep. Either way, Patriots drive down the field. Uh, they have they have it fourth down with a minute to go. Uh, no no timeouts, I don't believe. And uh, the ball, it's a, about a 44-yard field goal. Fourth and three, or you can kick a 44-yard field goal. And Isaiah, what would you do there? What would I do? I would what? kick the field goal. What? I would kick the field goal. What do you mean? You're, you, if you kick the field goal, you make it. It's a 44-yarder. So easy you're giving make, Tom Brady you win the, the game. Yes. You're giving Tom Brady the ball back where he only needs a field goal. Yes. And he's got a minute and two timeouts. Yes, because if you don't That's, get if you don't get it on fourth and three, then you look like an idiot. Yeah, but if you <laughs> miss the field goal or and if you or miss the field, the field goal, goal and give it back uh, to as Tom a coach, Brady, that is not on you. you if also, you miss it, if if Tom does what Tom does and he drives the field and beats you, then he just beats you. But I'm not going to risk yeah, my, job, avoid, my job. My uh, job. Bill Belichick's risking his job. Yes, <laughs> I'm not going to risk my job as a coach to say, well, you know, if I if I don't get this first down here and waste all the time, I have to be able to rely on my defense. You know this. I feel that uh, I I totally get what you're saying, but I don't think Bill Belichick. I think it was thought out by him. <laughs> I don't think it was thought out as far as saving his job. I think he was saving Mac Jones. Oh, yep. sure. The new Tom Brady, because if he goes for it in fourth and three, and Mac Jones doesn't get the first down, then it's like, oh, Mac Jones failed. But if it's a missed field goal, and then the defense, and then Tom Brady can drive down and win, then it's not Mac Jones's fault. Mac Jones got them in position, so that's what I think Bill Belichick was doing. But I also think it was wrong. If he wanted, he should have wanted to win, and so he should have went for it. If he makes down. the field goal, 
and the Patriots win, uh-huh. you look like a genius. Yeah. What more but, do you want? You know, but you like, shouldn't miss a forty-four yarder. You I guess he would that. look like a genius if he did. I guess what I was saying that he would do, which is stop Brady. He kicks the field goal and still stops Brady. You gotta listen to Hudson. Feels unlikely, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm smarter than Bill Belichick. Is what <laughs> well, I'm there, you to say. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Be a better coach. <laughs> it's worth watching from last night's game because uh, they said that they were, you know, fans for the Patriots, welcomed him back, and were cheering yeah. for Tom Brady. And then as he got on the field and as the game was progressing, there was lots of booing. So it was a back and forth the whole night. Did you Did you see the quote uh, from one of the Patriots fans. His mm-hmm. name is Schwartzy. He I says, saw that. Oh my gosh! Says, what is what was the pregame? Number one, why are we just having random spectators? <laughs> like a, we have a picture up of Schwartzy, and then a whole he gets his whole little line and stuff. Like he's just a random guy. Why why is he getting like a quote? That's that's what they're trying to connect you to how the Patriots fans are feeling. Is like are they more loyal to Tom Brady or more loyal to the, the Patriots? Team? What yeah. was his quote? His quote was. I'll cheer for him when he comes. Does that sound like Boston? It doesn't. You can just say it in your normal Hudson voice. No, I like it. Like, it makes me feel. <laughs> like you're really doing every, it. it make, yeah. Okay, well, let's get try it again. Let's get a real good right. uh, accent there. Just breathe it in. You can do it. this. Come feel on. It, okay. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm going to just do a New York accent. All of my accents sound you like. You do whatever you want. I just always sound like a mad mafia guy from New York. <laughs> so I'll just do the boss. I'll just do him. I'll cheer for him when he comes out. But after that, nah. I want some sacks. I want to see. Here we go. And I'm reading the quote. It's coming you get in. more into it. I want to see our freaking linebackers just pummel him and punish him. Nice. <laughs> nice. Kid. Thanks for the uh, the quote there. Yeah, yeah thanks, Schwartzy. Uh, th- thank goodness we got his quote in there. I don't know what we would have done for the game if we didn't hear from Schwartzy. What would we have even done? Well, it's worth it to hear Why are you hating on Schwartzy? I just don't know why we're getting random like spectators. Like, why are we giving them TV time? It doesn't make any sense. Like, say they asked me. If they asked me to give a quote before a Browns game, yeah. I would feel not good about it. Like, why would they put a picture of me up there saying... <laughs> This is what Isaiah said. Like, who cares? You're who cares what Schwartzy said? If you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the Worst of the Riot podcast. I remember a few minutes ago we talked about the little choices that pay off in the long run. Like I was <laughs> learning going, ahead of time. Yeah, going <laughs> getting it taken care of ahead of time. RadioU.com. Slash donate. That is perfect. <laughs> uh, does email stress you out, Nikki? Um, I am the type of person where I usually, right when I get an email, I take care of it. Because uh-huh. some people will leave like 50, 60, like 1,000 emails yeah. in their inboxes. Oh, yeah. I have, by the end of the day, I always try to keep mine at zero. Uh-huh. So I want to try to get through them all. So it can stress me out a bit if I get a lot of people who email me at the same time. Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot uh, to get through. But uh, what if what if it's like an email after work? Uh, you no, still I, do that, or I you just wait till the that. next day? I still do. do. It. I do. Isn't it annoying? I do it, do it. Yeah, <laughs> I take care of them right then and there. I hate to tell you this, uh, but when somebody emails me after I leave for the day, yeah, I don't even find out. You don't about even it. look at it. I I don't have <laughs> it. Does my phone does not notify me? Oh, really? When I get a work email to my work email address. So until uh, 6 a.m. the next day, yeah, it's, he's not going to see nobody's it. Nobody's going to, I'm never going to know. 
So if, if it's urgent, I'm letting you know now. Maybe we've worked together for a while. I probably should have said this earlier. If it's urgent, you should text me. I understand. I, I knew that ahead of time. I knew that about you. But for me, I'm not like I'm not doing it for the person. Uh-huh. I, I'm not You're doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. That's how I'm made up. Like yeah. I just do better not having a bunch of them sitting in my inbox. Yeah. So don't think that I'm really trying to be helpful for the person who's actually emailing me. It's not You're for just their selfish. sanity. It's for me. Uh, well, for a lot of people. People, though, it is stressful, right? Especially if you get a email after work and it's like, do I need to pay attention to this? Is <laughs> You're emailing me this thing. Do I need to do it now, even though I'm not at work? And so there was a recent study done by researchers at the London Business School in the UK and Cornell University in the US. They worked together. They did a uh, study where they found uh, in relation to work emails that what you should do if you're sending an email, yeah. uh, so this isn't really helpful to you, like, as this isn't, if you're getting stressed out by receiving email after work, this isn't going to help you. This is something that you could do to help others, and that is, if you're sending somebody an email just right at the end of it, this is not an urgent matter, so you can get to it whenever oh, you can. that's nice. So they're saying that this is email etiquette, so it sets healthier work life boundaries yeah. and then helps take away some of the stress. So if you're sending it to someone, maybe be aware if it's after hours. Yeah. You can schedule your email mm-hmm. so that they're not getting it until yeah, when Hudson will schedule, see it. If you're, right. If, you're, <laughs> if you can schedule it, why even need to send this? You so just send exactly. it the next day. You don't have to send it till then, but maybe if you're working on it right then and there, you yeah. schedule it. Or if you're right, you put something on there like, don't worry about getting to this till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it's email etiquette on you, the sender. If to put realistic expectations on if you need it now or not. Yeah, I think uh, I think this is not good. <laughs> Are they they're like this is the one simple trick this, these researchers that. say to make everybody less stressed about their emails. I disagree because then every email you got that didn't say that sure. you're start you're gonna freak out about and uh, so then the only way to prevent that is to mark things urgent yeah. and eventually you're Michael Scott where everything is urgent A urgent B urgent C urgent D and you don't know and so. I don't think there is a way. I don't think we can stop the email stress. You're right, but they're saying that this is that email receivers tend to not get the message when something is not needing a quick reply back after Mm -hmm. hours. Instead, the second you get that email, you just start getting stressed about it no matter what. So just be mindful of that when you send a bunch to people after hours. Maybe you should just put that in the subject line. I know. (laughs) This is not. But then if you also say it's not urgent, then I feel like people just write it off for days. That's what I'm saying. That's not helpful. This is not going to work either that or it feels passive aggressive, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And like every time I always feel bad when somebody goes on vacation and the last email I send to them before they go and I'll say, have a good, enjoy your time off. Yeah. And it's like, they probably think that's so uh, yeah, like the, as if I'm upset that they're taking time off. <laughs> this is why work email stresses me out because not only can I not receive them, I can't, can't write them, them either. I can't do anything because I just, I. it always is interpreted, in my mind, it's always interpreted the worst. Yeah, well, just be aware. Um, it's probably not like how you think it is. Mm-hmm. You're just making it worse on uh, your side of it. Uh-huh. But oh, so it's my fault. No, yeah, that's it. It's always so your fault. I, you're blaming me. <laughs> yes, okay. I am. See? Every email, it's a blame for you. Sheesh. I'm ne- <laughs> never going to win. <laughs> The worst podcast with the best listeners. This is the worst of the riot podcast.
Nikki, I've got good news. Uh, it's for you and for young women and girls around the world. Okay, great. You can go into space if you want to. Oh, just thank because you. you're a girl <laughs> doesn't mean, doesn't mean you can't. <laughs> Thanks, Hudson. And just and in fact, not only could you go to space, I know that's on the high end of uh, of maybe reaching your goals or dreams, but you could go into any career in STEM if you oh, wanted to. Thank- yeah, I know what you're saying I can do anything I want to. Yeah, but I also want to say back. But I might not want to. But you don't want to? I don't want to go to space. Well, maybe you'll be inspired, though. I think it's too late. What if you saw a girl like you in space? Wouldn't that that make you want to go to space? No, I feel like, oh, great, she did that. I don't have to. What if the girl was a doll? A doll? Yeah. You mean, like, real pretty? or Or, No. That's a little outdated, isn't it? She's just a doll. If you've never been called a doll before by some guy, you don't know what that feels like. That's awful. Hey, doll. (laughs) It feels so gross, doesn't it? It is. It absolutely is. Uh, No, no, I mean like an actual Barbie. uh, Like an actual Barbie doll. Barbie doll. Oh, did they send one to space? Yeah, they did. Well, on a zero G flight. Oh, sure. So like close. Kind of like it's it's as much in space as Jeffrey Bezos. Uh, (laughs) It is... It is actually a Barbie that is modeled after a real astronaut. The astronaut is from Italy. Her name is Samantha Cristoforetti, and she is 44 years old. And so they made a one-off Barbie of her initially to, you know, be a a fun little thing. But then uh, they actually wound up making it so they could sell it all over Europe to to allow uh, young women and girls there to to pretend that they have a astronaut they can play with and, and perhaps dream one day of, of, of going go to, to space, space themselves. Well, these kind of fall the Barbies that were created after real women in the field. Uh-huh. Uh, so for a career in STEM, uh, basically these Barbies were created. And for this one, a portion of the sales for the ones that they are going to be selling mm-hmm. will be donated to women in aerospace to inspire uh, you know, the next generation by uh, you know following along in uh, this lady's footsteps. If only if only they had this when you were growing up before you chose a career in radio. I st- actually I wanted to be a marine biologist. You did? I did. Was it because of a Barbie? No. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was not. I never played with Barbies too much. I was always into more like stuffed animals. Uh-huh. But yeah, I totally wanted to be a marine biologist. Did they have a radio? Well, I guess you wouldn't know, but did they have a radio Barbie? Uh, back then I felt that's in. probably why I know here at Radio U we have good representation with women. We do, but they're in the industry. There's not. It's because there's not a radio Barbie, and it's full of a lot of guys who call us dolls. <laughs> yeah, that's right, <laughs> little lady. Oh, uh-huh. that one's the worst. Yeah. Sugar, that one's the worst. Uh, ah, it's all, all bad. Well, I mean, they all sound bad. It's just depending on where it comes from. Exactly how bad it sounds. <laughs> but you know, you could be whatever you want to be. Uh-huh. I just never wanted to be As, in space. You can be whatever you want to be if they've made a Barbie of it. That's it. <laughs> or at least that's how you know. That's Dude. how you know if it's okay for you as a girl to be. That's an, that's an awful man thing to say, right? <laughs> that is just awful. Well, that's why they're doing it, right? To they're let just, you know. They're not. They're highlighting. The people at Mattel are letting the little girls as they grow up know. They're letting them know which careers are okay. And it used to be not very many. And now... Girls can be any career they want They're just because Barbie is saying so. They're highlighting STEM careers because maybe in Barbie's past, Barbie's uh-huh. had a lot of jobs. Barbie's been through a lot. She can literally do almost everything, she but they're was called highlighting. Doll. It used to be that Barbie was always called doll and, mm-hmm. and you know, hot, what is it? I was about to say hot cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, that would be a bad one too. Okay.
Okay. Well, Maybe somebody has. I think that's the worst one I've heard. Really? That's awful. What is that? I'd be really bad at harassing women. I, it's kind of nice to hear that you wouldn't be good at I it. I would. It's like, I'm not even offended. You just... You just embarrassed yeah. yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Hudson. The riot promise is that they'll always have an opinion on everything they talk about. But that doesn't mean any of their opinions will make sense. This is The Riot on Radio U. Isaiah is here because you pointed this out to me. This guy in Turkey that uh, he was missing. What happened with this? So he went missing and his friends like called the police and said they couldn't find him anywhere. Apparently him and his friends have been having a little bit too much fun. Oh. And his uh, their friend had wandered into the forest. They had no idea where he went. <laughs> And so they had a search That's party going. Yeah. They had a search party going. They called the police. They got a search party going. And then the man heard them saying like they couldn't find someone. And he was in the woods by himself. And so he said, I'll help you guys find whoever you're looking for. Yeah. And then the search party, after a while, started yelling the guy's name. And that's when he realized that they were looking for him. Hey, you got to. They found him. Yeah. And he said. Successful <laughs> mission. He said he reportedly told them. I am here. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I would have been just quietly leaving the group and just had someone else try to find me. But apparently the volunteers at that point did not really know. They just knew the guy's name. Yeah. So it's not like they were friends of his. So that's why they didn't know who he was. Yeah. Well, you've got to give uh, you've got to give Turkey credit for actually having a search party to go out for one missing guy in a forest. Very impressive. Because in the United States... I mean, if you listen to enough like murder podcasts and stuff, it's like, well, the person was missing for three days before they started looking well, I mean, because this- you can't start because they normally don't want to start looking for people because it's like they're an adult. They can do what they want. They well, might not be missing. They might have just gone where they want to go and you don't know about it. It could be if you're in an area where, where there's lots of woods, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This happens, especially if he had been uh, celebrating too much beforehand. Yeah, that's that's where it is. That's when you know the night is wild. When you go uh, so, out to the woods. Right. So how people- bad do you feel too afterwards? You're like, dang, the whole search party was there. I was a part of the search party for myself. Like Aww. the next morning when you wake up and you're like, dang, I was just down bad last night. Well, like that know, was a rough night. Well, now he's got a good story. Yeah. Sometimes you <laughs> also you- feel like your friends don't care about you. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has like a, a down moment yeah, where like no right. one no one even cared if I was not. <laughs> yeah, <here>. exactly. <laughs> they totally looked for you. They cared enough about you to get a, a quick search party out. Aww. How well, bad would you feel too coming back to your friends? You're like, they they found me, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if I was their friends, I'd be like, what the heck were you doing, you idiot? We had to call the police. Like, you're never coming out with us again. Like, yeah, that was last, they're last gonna have to. Uh, they're going to have to rethink that group oh, from yeah. now on. Well, like, you have to have a, a designated buddy for that buddy. So then <laughs> that person's right. job is to watch over that friend if right. they have a history of it. Like, I watched, uh, I don't know how old the video is, but the guy who also had too much partying, and he starts eating raw chicken no. uh, just no. at the table. <laughs> and every all his friends are like, what are you doing? Like, if you have... Have the tendencies to do sort of things. Yeah, uh, you have to have a friend watch over you. Well, maybe this is maybe this is the intervention moment. This is where yeah. Maybe they weren't planning that, but may, you know, there's pro- there might have been signs of this beforehand, or they've had a, other wild nights, and it's like you know this guy. We gotta we gotta be careful with him, and then it finally comes to a head here, and this gives them the opportunity. To, have a little meeting. Yeah, yes. just have a little. Sit them down. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little what for you give them. And, uh, well, that sounds like you're beating him up. You don't have to do that. <laughs> you just give him a nice stern talking to you and say, hey, we care about you. And this is how your actions are affecting us. You've made us 
have to go on a search party. Oh. We didn't want to do that. Although I have always kind of wanted to be a part of a search party. Yeah, that's because you? you do listen to podcasts I do. about what, crime What do you stuff? mean you want, like, why do you want, want to be a part of a search party? To be party? helpful. I want to be helpful. Do you okay, want to be the person fair, to then. find the person, though? I don't want to find the body, but I'll find... No, I'm leaving this as if they're alive and fine. Like, do, you just want to be the one to rescue them. Uh, Hudson no, wants no. to be the hero. He That's what he wants. Actually, no, I just He's wanna, like, I want to be the hero. I want to be a part of a group. I want. You are? What, what is no. this? What are we? No, what like, are we? Hey, no, Isaiah, here? Isaiah, go walk out back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's <laughs> come find you. I want this the, is a group. The camaraderie of we're all working together to Hello? find... <laughs> what? Yet again, what are we doing here? <laughs> something lost big, what yes. do you want <laughs> i want a bigger group i want the stakes to be very very high oh my god and the expectation to be very low here give me your wallet we'll go hide it and let's go find it together higher, exactly high, no if i if you lose my wallet then i could get lost and nobody would be able to identify me well, we'll we would send out, a search, we'll send out a search group for but you but nobody you know? would know it was me if you found me <laughs> i wouldn't have my identification listen you can't have both ways what do you want no <laughs> i don't want to be the lost one i want to be the finder, the finder. He doesn't want to hide. He wants to seek. He wants to seek. He wants to seek. That's right. (laughs) This is the Worst of the Riot podcast. Nikki, in the past 24 hours, have you experienced bloating? (laughs) I didn't think you would say that. Why not? I don't know what I thought you were going to tell me. I don't know. Bloating? I'm going to add you to the survey. (laughs) I don't want to be in the survey. Why not? Because I didn't ask. I don't want to. I'm asking you. Uh, No. No bloating. What about a rumbling stomach? Uh, no, no rumbly stomach. Uh, huh. Okay, then you're one of the 40% that haven't had that in the last uh, 24 hours. Bloating, uh, 62% haven't had it in the last 24 hours. So, uh, to the reverse is 38% have had bloating. For, uh, 60% have had a rumbling stomach. What about Which, belching? I will say, can come after a long weekend. Oh, yeah. I actually have a rumbling <laughs> stomach now. Because you ate everything you... No, because I haven't eaten in a while. Oh, you're hungry stomach. Yeah, I haven't oh. eaten anything yet. I thought you meant the rumbly when, you know, like something storming inside. <laughs> you know, that sort actually, of rumble. You know what? That, that, I think I've had both today. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of both. Already. Butter. The day is still young. I've already hit that one. Uh, have you belched in the last 24 hours? I have not. Fifty-eight percent of people have belched in the last twenty-four hours, and uh, don't ask anything else because I know what's left. Don't you dare ask. What? <laughs> There's nothing else. Listen, <laughs> if you have experienced flatulence in the last twenty-four hours, no! you're one of eighty-one percent of people. It's totally normal. So and the other nineteen percent of people are probably lying. They're probably like you. They don't want to answer the question. I think you're trying to say that this international survey is finding that uh, that sort of stuff is completely normal for your body to yes, have. Yes, it's uh, you're normalizing. Is it. it is it normal or does it mean something's wrong? Does it mean we need to eat more yogurt? Maybe. Uh, the probiotics? Uh, yeah, because this research was all done by, uh, it's called Danone is the company, but they make Dan and yogurt. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, for probiotics. So, then. so they're trying to, maybe they're trying to get at, we almost all of us need more yogurt, they would <laughs> might say in yogurt. the UK. In the UK, <laughs> they call it yogurt, and I usually say it that way. So they say that it's representative of the general population. They did about 6,000 adults in the US, UK, and Mexico for an online. Uh, survey about various questions about your health and mm-hmm. what you might be experiencing. Are you surprised that in the, that eighty one percent of people admitted that they had farted in the last twenty four hours? That it's an, no, because it's an online survey. 
Would you answer an online survey asking no, you about? No, because I assume it's spam or it's some sort of, you know, well, malware. A lot of time. Well, I guess you probably still wouldn't believe it. I was going to say when you do the surveys, usually you have to like sign up for a survey company mm-hmm. and then they pay you and stuff. But if it was like here, you get a gift card, if a uh, yogurt gift card or something, if you, <laughs> you tell us if you farted or not, I think you would still probably be suspicious of that. And I'm sorry, but I'm not going to go to the store and get that type of yogurt. Uh-huh. I wouldn't want to check out with that one. Cause then it looks like <laughs> yeah. you do have stomach issues. Oh, she must've seen the survey. <laughs> like you got the coupon too. Yeah. <laughs> No, thank you. I'd rather just be bloated feeling. Well, I think, uh, well, you'd be one of many others, so you don't have to feel bad. It's it's kind of weird uh, that we're also, and I'm I'm very much like this, that we all don't want to admit or don't want to fart around others, but it does, we, what? Nothing. I, nothing we at all. It's, we're totally fine. It should be fine. We all do it. Yeah, you lead And the it's way. hard to control. Go ahead, Hudson. Go, <laughs> Go ahead. I'll lead, the, yes. Hey, I'm far from a leader. There are people out there who just who just no, don't care. No, I want you to lead the way in this room. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you start being that comfortable. The thing about this room is there's only two of us in it. You just heard the worst of the worst. We'd give you the best of the best, but we'd have to find that. As soon as we do, you'll be the first to know. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. TGIF Late Night. When the food and the vibes are too good to call it a night. Strawberry Henny Cocktail with the crew. Or a little of the Fridays to go to keep the party going at home. How you Fridays is up to you. How much fun you have late night is on us. Visit TGI Fridays Late Night. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season long and daily fantasy and sports betting content your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write ups and all of my NFL size totals and player props for the 2021 NFL season. Use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off at FTN. That is Friedman for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out our new show. Please subscribe to the Bets TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right, it is Monday afternoon, which means that it is time to look back at our week four bets. Pain, just pure pain. And also to look ahead at Monday night football. 
First though, I want to remind you about the great giveaway we have at FTN where you can get a free trip to Las Vegas and catch a Raiders and Washington football team game in week 13. Again, it is absolutely free to sign up. No purchase necessary. There are other prizes as well, but the grand prize, a $5,000 value, includes airfare, hotel, tickets, and much more. Click the link in the show description for more details and to sign up. Tom, producer Tom, Thomas Viola, how is it going? You have had yourself quite the weekend. First, your, uh, your Jets, they got their first one in the season, and then you saw the Sopranos prequel. Talk to me, Tom. How was it? It was good. Um, good, not great, I'd say. Uh, it told an interesting story. We learned about Dickie Moltisanti. I, I liked it a lot. It was cool to see all the characters younger. Um, the guy who played Silvio felt like he was trying too hard. Like he did all the stuff, you know, Silvio's walk, the scowl he always has. But some, but it just like it made you feel too much like he was trying to play Silvio. The rest of the characters, some of them just really, really nailed it. They felt like younger versions of the characters that we knew and loved from the show. I enjoyed it. We had a great time. Okay, I I was hoping you would say that it was great instead of good, not great. Um, I think it's hard for those movies that do a prequel. I'm thinking of like Solo, right? Like it's so hard for characters, uh, like actors, to be the characters that have been so famously inhabited by other actors before them. So uh, I'm I'm glad it was at least good. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Looking forward to seeing it much more than I'm looking forward to talking about what happened to me in week four. Um Man, if, if I have another week like that anytime soon, I'm going to have to break my own kneecaps just to save some people the trouble. It was that bad. But you know what? I can, I can live with it. Uh, I just want to take a quick look back at it. And I think I'm thinking of it this way. Even though it was, I don't know if it was literally the worst sports betting weekend I've had. I don't think it is. But I would say it was definitely within my top three or sports betting weekends, but I can live with it for a few reasons. One, I'm betting within my bankroll. So that's really important uh, for people always to be doing that too. I try to stay focused uh, on numbers, on things that I can quantify. I'm not really emotional when I'm making these bets. And I think the process was sound just in terms of what I was looking at. And then three, although the monetary outcome was not at all what I wanted, uh, the outcome in terms of where the lines closed that was still pretty good. I had 17 sides, totals, and money lines in the FTN bet tracker for week four. I got closing line value on 11 of them. I lost value on three of them, and then three of them stayed where they were. I, I love that. Like, I will take that every week. So, you know, not, uh, not any massive regrets in terms of process. Just wished the, uh, the monetary outcome would have been better. All right, Tom. Uh, I mean... One and four, one and four in the super contest. Uh, displeased with that, but you know, on a weekend that went this poorly, you just kind of have to expect it. Uh, Tom, what game should we start with first? Well, Matt, first, I want to first off remind you of a famous Homer Simpson quote here the worst sports betting weekend of your life so far. That's and second that's, off. <laughs> that's true. That's true. There probably will be ones that are worse than this, but I do have some good news for you, some great news for the show. I got some podcast data last night, some metrics, demographic info. The Degenerate Sports Betting Show is the number two sports news podcast in all of Norway. Really? Really. Uh, 
I mean, hats off to the Norwegians. They know their stuff. They do. Uh, where, where else are we popping? Uh, we are popping in Canada, believe it or not. We are number nine in sports news in Canada. We made the top 10. All right. Hats off. Uh, figuratively. I'm not actually going to take my hat off because, you know, but uh, hats off figuratively to our friends north of the border. Uh, I don't. I don't want to ask about the United. Well, go ahead. Give me the United States. Info. 32 in the United States, which I'd that's, argue good first. That's month. not bad. That's not bad for a first month. So uh, we can, we can take that. All right, let's, let's get in. Let's get into these games that I really don't want to talk about. <laughs> Indeed. Let's start off with dolphins versus Colts. You had the dolphins minus one and a half and the Colts, of course, win that outright 27, 17. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't believe in Carson Wentz, but the ankleless wonder does it. Yeah, uh, this was this is such a burn the tape type of weekend. Anyway, total domination by the Colts, 67 plays to 49 plays for the Dolphins, 5.2 yards per play to 4.1 for the Dolphins, uh, just 2.19 yards per carry for Miami. Uh, that put them in really horrible down and distance situations. So they were just three of 11 on third downs. They just couldn't keep the ball. And then when the Colts got the ball, they controlled it easily with the running game. Carson Wentz played mistake-free football. Jonathan Taylor, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Wentz, 24-32 uh, passing, 228 yards and two touchdowns. Nothing sexy, but you know he didn't make the Carson Wentz type of mistakes uh, that has haunted his teams uh, in the past. Both teams are 1-3 and three in their record. The Colts are 2-2 two and two against the spread. Dolphins are 2-2 two and two against the spread. I don't think I'm taking anything away from this game in a meaningful way, except that the Colts are a little better than I thought they were. The Dolphins are a little bit worse than I thought they were. But in general, I still want to bet against Carson Wentz. I still want to bet on Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, uh, although their quarterback situation is concerning. Uh, I originally thought that um, that the drop-off from Tua Tugavailoa to Jacoby Brissett really wasn't much of a drop-off. And honestly, maybe it's not. Maybe it honestly still isn't, but their quarterback situation, I, I do not think is very strong right now. So uh, that is something I still need to consider. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I still have put some uh, bets for week five in the FDN bet tracker. And uh, there's a possibility uh, against, you know, my better judgment that I'm going back to the Dolphins in week five. Going back down the well. I, I, I'm with you. I think that the problem is that the quarterback play isn't, that big of a drop off and then it's I just don't know how much better it's going to get with Tua but we'll have to see he's still learning the game and I'm curious to see what that team looks like with him back moving on to Panthers Cowboys the Cowboys are 4-0 ATS Matt you have bet against them every single week do you think that that is the sole reason they're winning or just the biggest reason they're winning I mean I don't want to take all the credit you know because I'm a team player so I'll just say uh, I'm happy to, to contribute to what's happening with the Cowboys. Yeah, undefeated. The last undefeated team against the spread in the league. Uh, 4-0, great for them. I'm 0-4 betting against them. Uh, obviously very conflicted as a, a Cowboys fan and a sports better. Um, the Panthers were ahead 14-13 to at halftime. And then the Cowboys scored 20 unanswered points in the third quarter. Uh, and, and that was it. You know, and the Panthers scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but this game was not as close as the final score uh, might suggest. The Panthers actually led in time of possession, 33 minutes, 30, 36 seconds. Uh, but Sam Darnold had two interceptions to cornerback Trevon Diggs, and that was the difference in this game. Um, on the fantasy pod, we talked about that key matchup between DJ Moore and Trevon Diggs. And it's interesting, both of them ended up looking good, uh, in part because they actually didn't face each other 
all that much in this game. But uh, Moore on 12 targets had eight receptions, 113 uh, receiving yards, two touchdowns. He added a six-yard run, uh, lots of production after the catch. And then Diggs had two interceptions. I mean, this guy is a legit, at this point, defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, he has an interception in each game. He leads the league with five interceptions and eight passes defended. He can still be inconsistent. Um he can still be overly aggressive, which in part is why he's getting all of these interceptions that does make him vulnerable, especially to double moves. Um, but I think he's emblematic in a way of the Cowboys defense so far. They still rely way too much on turnovers. That does not feel as if that's the kind of thing that's predictive, but I've been saying that for the past two weeks and they just continue to get turnovers. So maybe that is just the kind of style that they have. Uh, the Panthers entered this game number one in yards per carry allowed, and then the Cowboys just ran all over them. And it wasn't running all over them in unimpressive fashion just to grind the clock down. The Cowboys had 7.2 yards per carry. Like, they were crushing a defense that was built in the trenches and built to stop the run. Uh, I mean, this was taking it to a team where they thought they were the strongest and just demolishing them. That was really impressive. This Cowboys offensive line, it's had injury issues the past few seasons. But, I mean, the way they played last week, uh, it looks like they're pretty close to being back. Uh, Zeke got his carries. Dak was really efficient on his usage. This offense is legit. I'm skeptical of the defense. Um, the Panthers faced a team with a great offense and a hot defense in their fourth game with a developing quarterback. And they lost by a touchdown and a two point conversion. Like that's not bad. They're still three and one against the spread. I still like them. The Cowboys. I'm, I'm just still skeptical. Their offense is great. Their defense, I think is a liability that is uh, masquerading as an asset right now. So, you know, we will see what I continue to do. The next game up, Matt, it was the most public game of the week. Might be one of the most public games we've ever seen. And so, ever. of course, it was yeah. fate accompli. The Bucks do not cover the six and a half against the Patriots. Billy B did not go gentle into the good night. No, it was um, you know, reportedly the most handle ever for an NFL game. Uh, so literally the the uh, for a regular season NFL game. Uh, and so literally the most public game in history. Uh, what is, what a sucker I am. Of course. I, I mean, I bet it at five and a half and it closed it at seven or, or yeah. So it's like, yep. I can't hate myself all that much for this, but uh, still it was a weird game. If you had told me a week ago when I bet it, Hey, there's going to be heavy rain that might've changed the way that I approached it. But you know, heavy rain, I think that hurt the, the Buccaneers passing attack, which is the strength of that offense. But I mean, there was more, there was more to it than that. Like Brady was missing throws, guys were dropping the ball. This was a lackluster performance against the Patriots. And I think it had much more to do with the Buccaneers and like with what they were doing and the game plan they had and the execution and Brady's nerves than it had to do with what the, the Patriots were doing on defense. Um, I'm of two minds. On the one hand, I don't know how the Bucs won this game. And then on the other hand, I also don't know how the Bucs didn't cover. The, the Patriots had more yards per play, 5.4 to 5.1. Uh, they had more passing yards. Uh, they were more efficient 
through the air. Part of that was because the Bucs had two more starting defensive backs injured during the game. Uh, but part of it was because of the Patriots' game plan. They were doing what they wanted to do on offense. <laughs> Sorry. They were doing what they wanted to do on offense. Hopefully you can edit that out. That was disgusting. Uh, they smartly abandoned the run. They schemed receivers open quickly for Mac Jones. They had the two trick plays uh, that resulted in pretty significant chunk yardage on passes from Jacoby Myers. Um, you know, the Patriots just executed their game plan better. Uh, they were one doint field goal away from winning that game, uh, or at least from leading with less than a minute left. Uh, I would say it was a weird decision by Belichick not to go for it on fourth and three with a, a kicker in the rain, 56 yard field goal who has a bad plant leg. Hey, maybe you could have expected that guy would miss a field goal. Uh, but whatever, the Bucks. I feel in some weird way, the Bucs should not have won that game, just the way things went. But also the Patriots should not have been in that game in the first place. Like forget the spread, forget our prior knowledge of these two teams. The Bucs ran 20 more plays. They had 380 yards to 294 yards. They controlled the ball on the ground. They didn't turn the ball over and they got two turnovers from the Patriots. They were better on third down nine of uh, nine of 19. The Patriots were just two of nine. This, I mean, this was a really weird game overall. This was a get up game for the Patriots where they executed incredibly well. Their defense, I'm not giving full credit for what we saw, but like it's definitely a real unit. And based on their style of play, I wouldn't want to back the Patriots as favorites, but I would be very interested in backing them as underdogs. Uh, you know, they're very live with, with that defense they have. So they're two and two against the spread. The Bucks, they look like a team that has a vulnerable and wounded defense because that is the case in an offense that at least in this game was less than the sum of its parts. Uh, the defense, they just need to get healthy. The offense, I expect that they will bounce back, but the defense right now makes them really hard to trust. And you see that in the against the spread record, the Bucks are one and three against the spread. Um, I would not have expected that entering the season or entering this game. It was it was certainly an interesting one. I, for one, am really curious how this affects the whole Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady narrative. Uh, I think it does play something more into Belichick's favor, even though he lost. But I think that's a conversation that we could delve into on a two hour long podcast devoted just to that. Right now, we have to get on to Packers versus Steelers. And this game was not nearly as close as even the not incredibly close scoreboard indicated, in my opinion. The Steelers got played off the park by the Packers, who covered the minus six. Your lone win of the week. In yes, contest. yes, my, my lone win. We could talk about this one forever. I, I would much rather talk about this one than the ones I lost. Uh, yes, Tom, as you mentioned, the Packers dominated across the board. Uh, they weren't even their best on offense, and they still dominated. Rodgers had just a 55.6% completion rate. Uh, eight adjusted yards per attempt, nothing special. And, and then uh, the running game had just 3.97 yards per carry. Again, nothing special, but the Steelers, they were just worse all the way across the board. Uh, and the weird thing is this was actually, I think, one of Ben Roethlisberger's better games. He completed 65% of his passes, but he's still throwing the ball just so short. Every pass is just short of, of the first down marker. And when your quarterback is doing that, it makes it incredibly hard for a team to sustain drives, especially when your running game isn't all that good either. The Steelers put themselves in bad down and distance situations consistently throughout the game. They were just four of 11 on third down and 0 for two on fourth down. The Steelers covered in week one, 
but they are now one and three against the spread. The Packers got blown out in week one, but they are now three and one against the spread. These teams are just trending in vastly different directions. I think the Steelers are a team to bet against and the Packers are a team to bet on. And that's really what we saw in week four. And the last game on the board here for us, Matt, this one's a little bit of a wash. I think you can throw this one out a tiny bit. The Broncos do not cover the minus one. They lose the Ravens win outright, but Teddy Bridgewater left the game with a concussion and that obviously played a factor. Uh, I know. I mean, I think I earned this loss uh, fair and square. I mean, to, cause Teddy, I'm trying to yeah, give you an out. No, no. I mean, I'll, I'll own it. You know what I mean? Uh, no, Teddy, he, he left the game with a concussion, but he wasn't really playing all that well when he was in there. Uh, and so I think this would have been the outcome either way, but certainly drew lock looked worse uh, when he entered, he had just 3.24 adjusted yards per attempt. He took three sacks. He threw an interception, completed just 57% of his passes. I mean, it was ugly. It was typical Drew Locke ugly. And I would say maybe even uglier than what we expect from Drew Locke. Of course, he wasn't he wasn't planning to start. They didn't have the game plan for him. So you have to take that into account. The Broncos were good running the ball, but I mean, eh. What does it matter if you're good running the ball when you lose by two touchdowns? Uh, The Broncos were just three of 14 on third down. The Ravens played their game. They were good on defense. They controlled the ball on offense. They had 70 total plays to 59 for the Broncos, 5.8 yards per play to 4.3 for the Broncos. Lamar Jackson had 316 yards passing uh, to just 178 yards passing for the Broncos. Uh, I mean, Jackson, people continue... I think to underestimate what he can do as a passer. He's not, he's not like a Mahomes type of passer or like Aaron Rodgers or something like that, but he is throwing the ball downfield pretty consistently. So his completion rate will never be elite, but on a per attempt basis, he's still putting up enough yards because he is connecting deep with his receivers. It was just an all around good team win for the Ravens. They still have issues on the offensive line, still have issues on defense. I think that makes them vulnerable as a favorite, but they're still explosive enough on offense and talented enough on defense to be really dangerous as underdogs. And we see that in the record. They're 2-0 against the spread as dogs, 0-2 against the spread as favorites. I think that kind of would dictate the way in which you play them moving forward. And then the Broncos, you know, they were undefeated against the spread entering this game, now 3-1. and one. We just have to see what happens with Teddy. I still think they have a really strong defense, a defense that will be uh, pretty dominant against non-elite quarterbacks, um, but we just have to see what happens with Teddy. All right, it's time to move on to Monday Night Football. Matt, I'm excited for this one. Going to be a fun game tonight. The Raiders head to their home away from home at SoFi Stadium to take on the Chargers in their unofficial ninth slash now, I guess, 10th home game of the year. Both teams 2-1 and one against the spread, 3-0 and oh overall. The Raiders 2-1 and one to the over. The Chargers 3-0 and oh to the under this year. The line sits at Chargers minus 3 with a total of 51.5. Where are we going here? I'm not betting on the spread. <clears throat> I'll just say that there has been sharp action on the Chargers. Uh, 52% of the tickets, but 81% of the money is on the Chargers. And a discrepancy that big in tickets versus money typically suggests that the big money, a.k.a. the sharp money, is on the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers do intrigue me. They're number one uh, in offense and plays in yards per drive, number two in time of possession per drive. They're number three with a 50% score rate on their drives. 
uh, I mean, they have, I think, a really intriguing offensive unit. Uh, obviously, you have an ascending quarterback in Justin Herbert. You have two strong and complementary wide receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, one of the best pass catching running backs in the league in Austin Eckler. A, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of the way of describing Jared Cook, but like a a high floor professional veteran tight end who knows the system, a rebuilt offensive line. This is a really good offense. There aren't many more offensive units that I would rank ahead of the Chargers. They're the obvious ones. Chiefs, Cardinals, Rams, Cowboys. And then after that, I think you could make a case for the Chargers at number five. You would probably still put Buccaneers above them, probably still put Ravens above them, but they're in the top eight for sure. And maybe they're a top five unit. On defense, that is a little bit hairier. Um, there are two things I want to note. One is that they are really inviting the run. They're last in the league in yards allowed per carry and overall rushing yards allowed, but they're a top eight unit against the pass in yards allowed uh, and adjusted yards per attempt. They are prioritizing pass defense. And if you have to choose one or the other, it's a no brainer to prioritize being strong in pass defense. And then the second point is that I I'm thinking that what they have done to this point in defense might not be representative overall of what we should see going forward. So in week one, that was their first game in Brandon Staley's new system, you know, in a, a new offensive, sorry, a new defensive system, almost anything can happen in week one. And then in weeks two and three, they played the Cowboys and the chiefs, you know, like two of the best offensive teams in the league. Uh, but the defense is bottom five and time plays in yards allowed per drive. Teams have been able to move the ball on them, likely because they can just run on them at will. The Chargers are top five in takeaways with six, but that's not a projectable thing moving forward. So they have a strong pass defense with Joey Bosa on the edge, Derwin James in the secondary, but this is a unit that gives up yards overall. And that makes me nervous against the Raiders who are number eight in yards per play, number seven in yards per drive. And that Raiders defense is better than it was last year. Number 11 in yards allowed per drive entering the year. I would have been on the Chargers over the Raiders. But now I think these teams are pro probably evenly matched. And I would actually give the slight lean towards the Raiders because I don't think the Chargers, Tom, as you've indicated, I don't think they have a real home field advantage. It's close. So I'm staying away. I like that idea here. It, it's it's one of those too close to call games. And hey, you don't have to bet every game. But if you were going to make a bet, would you lead on the total here in this one? I mean, come on. I need something to chase this week. Yeah. the uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I had such a great week four. You definitely want to listen to what I have to say about the uh, the cap to this this week. Uh, yeah. The Chargers are 3-0 to the under. They were one of the under teams we talked about last week. Their style of play inviting teams, pretty much forcing teams to run on them, that tends to drive games to the under. And we see 35% of the tickets, 87% of money is on the under. It's a divisional game. Those tend to be played a little bit tighter, which I think leads to lower scores. And the league-wide trend has been to the under this year at 36 and 27. So if you're looking to make a bet, I would go to the under in this game. All right, and give me a prop before we get out of here. Where are we looking on the prop market? Okay, Austin Eckler, under 13 and a half carries. You can get this at BetMGM at uh, plus 100. In week one, Eckler had 15 carries. 
Uh, but since then, he has had 9 and 11 carries, in part because he's been used heavily as receiver, which is where he provides his real edge. And coming from the Saints, offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi is using Eckler as his Chargers version of Alvin Kamara, who averaged 12 and a half carries per game over the three previous seasons. We have Eckler projected for 12 carries in this game. And, you know, I know the difference between 12 carries and 13 and a half carries might not seem like all that much, but for things like carries, it is a pretty big difference. So I do think that there is a uh, pretty significant edge here with this bet, especially at plus 100 odds. All right, now our final question. Where can people find all of the awesome content you're putting out each and every week, Matt? All right, you can find all of my written work at FTN Network. On Friday, I have the Fantasy Football Breakdown. On Thursday, I have the Best Bets piece. On Tuesday, I publish the uh, the first the first run-through of my fantasy rankings, and then those get updated on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then all week, I'm putting my plays into the FTN Bet Tracker. I already have... I believe 13 unlucky number 13 uh, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't bode well 13 uh, sides and totals for week five uh, early bets in the bet tracker. And of course use the promo code Friedman for 20% off at FTN. All right. That is the show. Please subscribe to the best TV channel on YouTube and rate review and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. You can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at Matt F the Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. One for hitting the trail. One for catching a wave. One where this happened. Yo, where'd our tent go? Another where the fish get bigger. Every time you tell the story. Some spots, you made your mark. Others, marked you. And one, okay, let's stay away from that one. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With best-in-class standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Comparison based on 2022 Frontier S versus latest in-market ward small truck segment. Base models compared based on manufacturer's website. How do you TGIF late night? When the food and the vibes are too good to call it a night? Strawberry Henny cocktail with the crew? Or a little of the Fridays to go to keep the party going at home? How you Fridays is up to you. How much fun you have late night is on us. Visit TGI Fridays, late night. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes.
You're mastering the sourdough. Your cold brew is homemade. You can flip a pancake without touching a spatula. Yes, your culinary skills have improved over the past year. But don't stop there. Talk to the experts at Best Buy to get the latest tech to take your food to the next level. Cooking chops unlocked. Details at bestbuy.com. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. For I am Costanza, <laughs> Lord of the Idiots. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team on the banks of the Mississippi River, it's the Friedman Fantasy Football Show with Matthew Friedman. It's Matt Friedman, the Oracle. Who's the Oracle? He's a fantasy football genius, okay? No wife, no job, just pure football knowledge. He just licked the hot dog. And now, your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to my fantasy football podcast brought to you by Bets TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content that you need, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is Friedman for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out our new show. Please subscribe to the Bets TV channel on YouTube. and Please rate and review and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right, week four is mainly in the books. Uh, we are recording this before Sunday Night Football. Congratulations to us. Uh, in this episode, we're going to run through the notable injuries of the weekend and also touch on one key fantasy performance from each game. Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, my sidekick on the controls, connoisseur of pasta and long-suffering Jets fan. Tom, congrats. We did, it, we did it. We won a football game. The New York football Jets have won a game in the year 2021 of our Lord. I cannot believe it. Tom, you are looking good wearing your Jets jersey. You got uh, a photo of Joe Namath in the background. Uh, of course. What, one I, of many in this house. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, first win of the Zach Wilson era. Um, on a scale of one to godlike, how do you feel? <sighs> got to be clocking in at a solid eight. Mm-hmm. That, we're not quite at the top of the mountain. It is a regular season win after all, but hey, we only get like three of these a year. I got to enjoy them as much as I can. Um, Zach Wilson looked good in the second half. Flashes, which is what we saw with Sam Darnold. So I'm sure he will do very, very nicely on the team we trade him to in three years. But there was hope for the future. And I haven't felt that in a little while. Yes, it was against a Titans team that's defense is absolutely terrible. Yes, they did not have A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. But you know what? You got to take what you can get. Yeah, you got to take the W's. It's better than what's happening with me where I'm just betting against the Cowboys every weekend. They're winning and I can't enjoy it. Uh, But let's let's save that, of course, for the degenerate sports betting show. I'm sure we will talk about that later. Tom, let's get into the injuries. What are we looking at first? Um, well, the first injury up on the board is definitely going to be David Montgomery. He left the fourth quarter with a knee injury. He did not return. Some good news, though. Ian Rappaport says that they believe it is just hyperextended initial test show, not a major injury. So we're feeling pretty good about that one, Matt. Yeah, and Damian Williams looked good in relief. Uh, Williams has had some pretty good extended runs in the past with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's a three down back, uh, you know, good enough as a runner, very good as a pass catcher. If Montgomery misses time, uh, you know, 
Damian Williams feels like a guy who could slot in pretty cleanly as a RB2 with some upside. Next up, Teddy Bridgewater. He left the Broncos game with a concussion. So, you know, that just is what it is. We'll have to evaluate that for next week. We hope that he's feeling better. Yeah, I would assume uh, that he misses one game. And so everyone who's like in a super flex format, uh, for sure, you're wanting to go out there. And I say wanting to go out there. It's not as if anyone wants to have Drew Locke on their team, but you need to have Drew Locke on your team or at least try to get him if you are in a super flex format. So he's someone to uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, and hopefully, Tom, as you said, Bridgewater's concussion doesn't uh, linger for too long. Hopefully he's able to return quickly, but you never know with uh, concussions. So yeah, Drew Locke uh, in super flex formats should be added. Next up on our injury report, Jimmy Garoppolo, the other main quarterback to go out this week. He had a calf injury, tried to play through it in the first half, did not return in the second. Trey Lance started the game, uh, started the second half of the game, played pretty well. Um, they're not sure exactly what it is yet, but Matt Mayoka from NBC Sports Bay Area says that they will find out the full extent of the injury within the next day. Mm -hmm. If he is available, it sounds like Kyle Shanahan will go with him. That's what Mayoka's saying. Yeah. So I'm assuming that it is still Garoppolo's job. Those are kind of the indications that we've had so far, but Trey Lance looked serviceable. Uh, he, you know, didn't pull what we've seen from some of the other rookies and just kind of fall flat on his face. He was serviceable. Uh, if he starts, I mean, he's got that running ability and we saw that in this game, uh, as a passer, he was sufficient. That slots him in, I think as a low end QB one or high end QB two, uh, so definitely a situation to monitor if Lance is out there on waivers. He's someone who should be added, uh, I would say, in the super majority of formats. At the tight end position, Logan Thomas was ruled out of the game for football team against the Falcons with a hamstring injury. He did not return. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's much to say here, except uh, if Logan Thomas is out for an extended period of time. I think that means all the more action for Terry McLaurin. Uh, maybe even some extra action for J.D. McKissick, who could get some of the shorter targets in the middle of the field that otherwise would have gone to a, a tight end. Uh, and maybe this is something that would be positive for Curtis Samuel, who uh, could see some targets flow his way. But uh, I don't think this really means much for like the backup tight ends on the team. And then a pair of injuries to wide receivers. Amari Cooper, he had a hamstring injury, left the game for the Cowboys, but he did return, so it looks like he's fine. Will Fuller did not return for Miami with a hand injury. He left their game against the Colts. Yeah, Fuller was uh, pretty inconsistent up to this point in the year anyway, so uh, despite the upside, it, it feels like this isn't going to be an injury that really impacts anyone from the fantasy perspective because you weren't starting Fuller anyway. Amari Cooper uh, just monitored the injury report during the week. Hopefully, this isn't something that lingers. All right, Matt. That is going to wrap it up for the injury report, which means it is time to get to the big performances that we saw out of each game this week and take a while. Guess what game we're starting with here. Matt? Of course, of course it's the jets yeah. 27, 24 victory for the New York football jets over the Tennessee Titans. But one man had a performance that we still have to talk about because he did exactly as we expected. Derek Henry, 33 carries for 157 and a TD. The Titans came into this game saying we can't possibly run Derek Henry every play. Or can we? They tried. It worked, but not enough. 
<laughs> yeah, each year of his career, Derrick Henry has uh, seen his per game carry average increase. So he had 7.3 carries per game as a rookie in 2016. And then since then, it's jumped up 11 points, uh, sorry, 11 carries, 13.4, 20.2, 23.6. And then this week, he entered the weekend with 26.7 carries per game. And then he had 33 carries. Uh, it's just, it's unreal. The kind of usage that Derrick Henry is getting right now with, with that, with that type of carry volume, not even thinking about the target volume, because he's also getting more targets now than he used to, but with just that kind of carrying workload, he has to be locked in as a top three fantasy back at worst every week. And uh, with Christian McCaffrey out, I mean, it just seems like a no brainer that Derrick Henry is the RB one. Next up on the list, the Philadelphia Eagles played host to Andy Reid in his homecoming game to Philly with the Chiefs. And, oh, man, there was no hometown discount from Andy Reid. The Chiefs went 42-30. to A couple good performances out of the quarterbacks, though. Patrick Mahomes with a casual 24-30 of 30 for 278 with five touchdowns. One pick to mark from being a perfect game, but fantasy owners were certainly happy. And, of course... I was playing against both Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, who caught three of those touchdowns. That's painful. Yeah. So, uh, and then Jalen Hurts as well. But I, I mean, Mahomes, you know, he was back on track with a big passing performance. Uh, and then, I mean, look, let's say really Jalen Hurts. He's the guy I want to talk about. Uh, he continues to look like a top five fantasy quarterback. He didn't get there with the rushing, but he got there with the passing. And it's the combination of those two things a known and solid rushing floor with an underappreciated passing ceiling. Those two things put together, I mean, that makes Hurts, I would say, at worst, a top six uh, fantasy quarterback every week. And I think people should start treating him that way in terms of how they rank him and how they uh, transact him in the trading market. Matt, both New York teams got a win today as the Giants took down the Saints 27-21, also in overtime. And a lot of good performance in this game, performances in this game. Daniel Jones played very well. He's had a nice season, 400 yards and two touchdowns. But Alvin Kamara is the guy that we want to talk about here because he had 26 carries for 120 yards, didn't find the end zone. But that volume is speaking to you. Yeah, I need to adjust my expectations for Alvin Kamara. Uh, for the three previous seasons, he had a steady workload of around 12 and a half carries per game. And then this year, that has just skyrocketed. Uh, with his most recent performance, Kamara has at least 20 carries in three or four games. He's finally become the high-volume back that for years people hoped he would be. Now he's finally that guy. With this type of workload, he also, along with Derrick Henry, needs to be locked into the top three every week. All right, this next game we're going to cheat here a little bit. It was a boring win, but a good win for the Browns, winning 14-17 over the Vikings. Instead of talking about one player, we're going to talk about the Cleveland backfield as a whole. He's Nick Chubb. He had 21 carries for a century. Kareem Hunt, though, 14 carries for a nice 69 yards with a touchdown. The Cleveland backfield got it done. Yeah, this offense, I mean, it, Tommy said it, this this game was incredibly boring. We had two boring offenses, but this Cleveland offense funnels through the backfield. The Browns are 3-1, and one, almost 4-0, and oh. and given the success that they've had um, with their record, I don't think that they're going to change much of what they are doing strategically. That means they're going to continue to try to win in a very ugly and boring fashion. That means a lot of production. For Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt moving forward, Chubb has to be ranked 
as a mid-range RB1, and Hunt, I'd say, is like a mandatory low-end RB2 every week. A guy that you talked a lot about on Friday, Jonathan Taylor finally showed up big. The Colts won 27-17 over the Dolphins, and Taylor had 16 carries for 103 and a touchdown. Yeah, on the mailbag episode, uh, talked about Jonathan Taylor as a, a must-buy player in Dynasty. He entered the weekend leading the league with carries inside the five-yard line, but still had no touchdowns. You know, when you see something like that, you know that a guy, I mean, he's due for some positive regression, due for a bounce back at some point. And we saw that this week with the performance. Uh, he will be a lot harder to acquire now. And, you know, as always, he's locked onto that RB1, RB2 borderline for the rest of the season. And now we come over to your Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott. Had a very nice day finally. The pa Cowboys win 36-28, defeating Sam Darnold and the Panthers and defeating your bankroll. But Zeke, <laughs> 20 carries, 143 yards, and a touchdown. That feels pretty good for fantasy owners who've been waiting for this game. Yeah, I mean, even when I lose, I remain undefeated in my brain. But uh, yeah, this was a, a great game for the Cowboys, uh, taking it to a defense that to this point in the season looked pretty good. Uh, the Cowboys were balanced on offense, but uh, Zeke looked great. And there's still enough left over in that backfield for Tony Pollard to have a decent game um, You know, against a strong run defense. I, I just kind of don't know what to say. Uh, I'm encouraged by what we saw out of Zeke. And I don't think that this is a time to sell high on him because I could I could see the the desire, the inclination based on what we've seen to think, OK, this is a split a split backfield. Zeke had his best performance of the year. Let's see what I can get for him. I think this is just sort of the way things are moving forward. I actually, I would not be looking to sell. I think if you drafted him, you probably made a smart investment. I think you hold him and just continue to cash in the dividends. The Bears proved that not even Matt Nagy could mess up playing against the Lions as they win 24 <laughs> to 14. And is there a bad moon on the rise in Chicago, man? That was... That was a bad pun on the rise. Uh, yes, that was a Darnell Mooney reference for the people who didn't catch that. Mooney, five receptions, 125 yards. A great splash performance uh, for him. But the thing is, it was just seven targets on the day. I, I mean, Mooney, we've seen the types of, of splash performances that he can have last season. Uh, he's a dynamic playmaker, but he's just not going to have the target volume to sustain this type of performance on a regular basis. We will see the volatility uh, of a performance like this occasionally, but I don't think this changes the way that you you handle Mooney. He's uh, an upside flyer when you're an underdog and you need a guy who has a chance of a big performance like this. But otherwise, he's probably someone who's just on your bench. And in terms of ranking him, I don't think it really changes what he is. Maybe you bump him up a few spots because of his upside. But in general, he's just a volatile flex option. The Texans got blanked by the Bills 40 to nothing. Davis Mills had a very impressive negative 27 net pass yards. But Stefan Diggs, seven receptions for 114 yards. He's leading this offense in the role in Buffalo herd here. Yeah, more encouraging than the big performance, where I, maybe I should say just as encouraging as the performance. 
uh, were the targets. 10 targets on 30 pass attempts. Uh, I mean, that is legit target volume and uh, an elite target share. And that gives him at least 10 targets in three or four games on the season, uh, a minimum of eight targets in each game. He's one of the target leaders of the season. He has at least 60 yards in every game this year. He continues, despite what felt like a pretty mediocre opening to the season, he continues to have a really high floor and ceiling combination every week. And that makes him a, a top five, top six receiver every single week. The Falcons managed to blow yet another big lead to the football team this time. 34 to 30, your final score. Both QBs played very well. Shout out to Taylor Heineke. Three touchdowns, no interceptions for him. I hope he gets that job long term. But Corderell Patterson. Oh, man. What a performance for him. Six carries for 34 yards, but five receptions for 82 yards with three touchdowns. A nice hat trick for him. Yeah, Patterson seems very locked in to six to seven carries and six to seven targets per game. And that's on top of the kick return usage, which, you know, like kick returns, you think eh, that's not that big of a deal. But the guy scores like one to two kick return touchdowns per year. And so, you know, that's like not an insignificant thing to have a shot at a guy getting just a random touchdown each game. Uh, and then given his playmaking ability, uh, he will pop off for some weeks with big performances with the usage that he has now. And when that doesn't happen, he will still be a guy who has 10 touches, which is not insignificant at the running back position. Uh, but through four games, he has around 350 yards from scrimmage on top of the five touchdowns. Take away the touchdowns, right? Touchdowns are fluky. But even if he had just two touchdowns and 350 yards, that would still mean something. That would still be a guy that you need to start. So with with the regular usage that he's getting, he looks like a locked-in contributor to the offense. That makes him an RB3 flex type of option most weeks with like significant upside for more if it's one of the games where he goes off. The Seattle Seahawks managed to take down the 49ers in Santa Clara 28-21. Trey Lance, as we mentioned, did play the second half there. But the good news for Debo Samuel owners is that did not slow him down at all. Eight catches for 156 yards with two touchdowns. He continues an incredible season. Yeah, Debo has at least 10 targets in three or four games, uh, at least eight in all four games. And after this week, I'm pretty sure that he leads the league in receiving yardage. And with that target volume, like that's a legit thing. That's not fluky, especially because of his after the catch ability. So he should continue to be one of the most productive receivers in the league with all of that usage. And I think that's regardless of whoever is a quarterback. The Broncos finally had to play against a team that had a win going into this week, and it didn't go so well for them as the Ravens win 23 to seven in Denver. Of course, Teddy Bridgewater did leave the game. And that really forced the Broncos offense into lockdown. But Marquise Brown, four for 91 with a touchdown on five targets. Tom, come back. Come back. How how pleased are you with your locked down pun? <laughs> how how pleased? All right. Was quite it pleased. Quite, quite pleased? pleased. Was it pleased. was it in the moment or was it one that you scripted out? I didn't script it out. I thought it up earlier today when it actually happened, and my friend and I were talking about it, and that's when it came to me. Okay. Congratulations. Great, great job there. Great addition to this very professional podcast. So yes, Marquise Brown, big performance, 
for him, including this game. Brown, over his past 12 games, has a touchdown or at least 80 yards receiving in every performance but one. And that gives him a surprisingly high weekly floor uh, in addition right to the ceiling that he has. And that makes him a wide receiver three with upside. So uh, it's easy to to be down on him because of the drops and because he doesn't have the target volume that a lot of other number one receivers have. But they target him in prime situations in the end zone down the field. uh, And that gives him a relatively high floor regardless of the, uh, the target volume. So he's someone... I think you basically have to start every week unless you have a number of high-end wide receivers. The Packers continued rolling right along after that disappointing week one stumble as they take down the Steelers 27 to 17 at Lambeau field and Randall Cobb turned back the clock five of 69 with two touchdowns. Are we going to see performances like this again? Or is this just one of those one-time things? Yeah, five for 69. It's uh, it's pretty nice, but he still had just six targets. He was number three on the team uh, with that target volume. It was a season high in targets for him. I doubt we see Cobb have a performance like that again, and that's not even taking into account the touchdowns. I'm talking about just the yardage. I doubt we see him have a performance like this again. Uh, he's just not a priority in that offense. Uh, I, you know, six targets. That's not a high number of targets anyway. So uh, I am I would be looking to sell Randall Cobb. If you have him, maybe there's a uh, you know a player in your league who isn't really all that sharp and just looks at the, the final box scores, and maybe you can sell Randall Cobb to, to that player. Um, but uh, I think this doesn't really change anything in terms of how you, uh, how you think of him. He's not someone you want to have in your starting lineup in any given week. You heard it here. Matt's advice is to find the player in your league that just fell off the turnip truck and go and try and get one of those trades out of him. All right. Last game on the docket here, Matt. The Cardinals defeat the Rams 37 to 20. I don't think we really saw this coming, but a great game from an Arizona team that improves to 4-0 and first in the division. James Conner had a performance. 18 carries, 50 yards, which is okay, but two touchdowns as well. Chase Edmonds also had a very nice day, only had 12 touches, though, had more yards, but two TDs for Connor. Yeah, the Cardinals, this was uh, one of the few sports betting wins that I had this weekend. So, uh, you know, good for me. But Connor, 18 carries, got the goal line work. He has double digit carries in three or four games and positive game script. He is going to be the late game closer. So he has an established role on an offense that can put up a lot of points. And that makes him an RB3 with upside in the right game environment. All right, Matt. And that is going to wrap up our week four breakdowns. We've still, of course, got Sunday night football tonight. That is just kicking off, which means it is time for us to head on out of here. Where can everybody find all of the awesome content that you're cooking up each and every week on FTN? You can find all of my work at the FTN Network on Friday. I publish the Fantasy Football Breakdown on Thursday. I publish my Best Bets article on Tuesday. I publish my Fantasy Rankings, which I update on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then all week, I am putting my bets into the FTN Bet Tracker. In fact, I've already put uh, unlucky 13 bets into the FTN Bet Tracker for week five. If you want to see how it is that I plan to burn my money for this upcoming week, definitely check that out. All right. That is the show. Oh, I should say also 
Use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off at FTN. All right, that is the show. Please subscribe to the best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. You can find me and Tommy B, the victorious Tommy B, on Twitter at Matt at the Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. It's an uncertain time, so create a level of certainty for your retirement. Allianz provides lifetime income that's guaranteed in any market. Long live retirement. Visit Allianz at longliveretirement.com. Annuities are issued and guaranteed by Allianz Life Insurance Company of North America. Eres una de esas personas que hacen de un sausage McMuffin with egg de McDonald's. Su sausage McMuffin with egg. Quizá le pones un poquito de salsa picante al English muffin recién tostado. O quizá le pones un hash browns al muffin. O tal vez eres de los que lo llama tuyo. Exactamente como viene. Sí, yo también. Para pa pa pa. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.